Welcome to the Upside Podcast, powered by Upside Global and hosted by Julian Blinn, founder and CEO of Upside Global. The Upside Podcast is listened to weekly by over 6,000 sports and tech executives from all sports leagues and teams in the United States and around the world. Julian has been developing technologies for professional sports teams for over 10 years and has worked for major tech companies along with sports tech startups. In each episode, Julian interviews global leaders in sports to share knowledge on emerging technology in the sports industry and how these technologies can help improve the performance of individuals and organizations both on and off the playing field. And now here's your host, Julian Blinn. So today we have the honor to interview Fred Lipka, VP and Technical Director in Charge of Player Development at the MLS. So Fred, welcome to the show. Thank you, Julien, and thank you for having me, and um, uh, hello to everyone. Great. So, uh, Fred, um, what I want to talk to you about today is first we'll talk about your background, and then we'll talk about your role at the MLS, and then I'd like to get your thoughts on the pathway to become a player uh, in North America, and then uh, I'd love to get your opinion on the importance of technologies to help improve the performance and safety of players. And then we'll touch on your favorite technology that you have come across. So how does it sound? It sounds uh, perfectly clear. I'm ready to go, Julien. Okay, great. So Fred, could you maybe start by telling us about your background? Yes. So I've been uh, working around the league for 10 years now. I, I started as a consultant. Uh, yeah. I created a partnership uh, between uh, the French Federation and M the MLS to, to develop um, Elite coaches, and mo uh, the focus was mostly on the on, uh, on the academy director uh, position uh, because yep. we thought with my uh, with my boss Todd Durbin, which is executive vice president in charge of uh, competition here at MLS, mm -hmm. that we a, a piece wa was missing in the US to develop proper specialists, expert to develop uh, young talent and are more focused on the boys because MLS is more, academies are more focused on the boys. And I would say there, there was more need on the boys' side than on the girls' side. Mm -hmm. And MLS is also a, a, a man league. Uh, it doesn't mean it cannot be applied, but we were focused on developing exactly the same expert in the same way that the French Federation was developing their expert and their academy director. So it was a pretty long a process. It was a two years uh, long uh, course with a lot of great uh, talent uh, uh, in, in this uh, as an individual. You can say uh, Wilfried Nancy, which is uh, f uh, French, by the way, which coach uh, yeah. coach of Columbus. We have uh, uh, Greg Vane, uh, head coach of LA Galaxy, Luchi Gonzalez, head coach of uh, San Jose Earthquake, some uh, GM now, sporting director, technical director, but this crop of, of, of uh, Coaches uh, 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 now are at the top level of uh, uh, all our, uh, of in a lot of clubs in MLS. Mm -hmm. So uh, after two years of consulting, uh, uh, I was asked to to join a, a full time, uh, I would say the, the headquarters in in New York. So mm -hmm. this is where I am currently for eight years now. And yeah. before I was uh, academy director at Le Havre Academy in League Two in French, which is a famous. A professional academy with a lot of uh, 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 success in their way to develop players, and, and which I hope will will go in a, into the 
will join the League One in a, in a couple of months. And by uh, the way, I'm from I'm from Normandy. I'm from okay. I'm okay. neighbor so to that. Yeah, okay, uh, on this one, but uh, yep. it's not finished for you. Uh, and before I was, uh, I worked uh, ten years in Paris in a club, uh, a very good amateur club, which was it is Racing Club de Paris, also Racing Club de France, because it, it's an omnisport a club, a big one like uh, Barça is in, in England, uh, in, in Spain, sorry, uh, but yeah. it has a lot of English uh, roots. Uh, and uh, before I was a player, I played in Division Two, Division Three in France. So uh, I was an average player. Uh, but uh, really quickly, I was, uh, I would say, completely uh, swallowed by the player development aspect. So I, I, I got my all my licenses. I coach a reserve team, youth team. And uh, now I am in the U.S. because I wanted to to discover something different. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, congrats on, on your achievement. So that's great. Uh, now... Um... If let's say you're a young player, right? Maybe from Europe, and you're trying to get into North America, right? Uh, played in the North America. So, what is your way for a player to do that? You're talking about a player from Europe or in player which is already a domestic one in the US. Actually, it could be both. Okay. Could be a player in the US. So let's let's start with the, our young product, and I think our first focus is. Um, is, is for now on our uh, domestic player, we call homegrown player, uh, yeah. a, a player which come from our club. So I would say our academy started in 2007. So it's a pretty young league. And also uh, 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 we, we don't have a, a lot of background in terms of development. So by the way, uh, uh, when I arrived, my job was to try to how we can do a better job, how we can structure, how we can have better teachers, how we can have better coaches. So I would say, and uh, we had only at that time 16 clubs. Now we have 29 clubs and 30, uh, uh, I, I would say, over the next few months, I yeah. hope. And the idea was to build the academy and to try to, to strengthen the, the processes mm -hmm. and the way to develop kids around uh, our uh, academy uh, staff members. So the idea, if, if you are in the U.S., because don't forget, it's a pay-to-play. The, the sport is, is not, uh, 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 I would say, supported by uh, communities, by the yeah. state, by the government, like, uh, like in Europe, like we, 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 can, we can experience in a, uh, maybe in Spain or in, a, in, a, in France. Yeah. So all the money comes from the owner, so all mm -hmm. the, the, the private, private space. So... If you are a young player, you have to first try to find a good club in your uh, in your local, close to your home. And after, very quickly, around 12, 13, 14, you, you, if, you, if you get lucky, you will have an MLS club around you to, to, to be able to be identified, recruited, and it's going to be a free, a free, uh, a, a free ride, like we said, because uh, all our clubs are free. We are almost the only one in the US where you can play for uh, for nothing. Uh, yeah. It's completely identical than what you, you can experience in Europe. But in, in the other club, you have some which are uh, free, but not a lot. It's it's what we call pay to play and it can be very expensive. That's why we, we put a lot of emphasis on diversity, try to yeah. capture the kids from immigration, 
from Africa, uh, with African roots, with Asian roots, with from everywhere to, to, to be focused only on talent. And we don't want that uh, talent uh, uh, too much barrier based on the financial aspect. So you have to be uh, as more as possible in an MLS club or in our network of, of, of club. Which, uh, and we, we run a competition called Next. It's the best competition in the country for kids which are between 12 and 19 years old. Uh, mm -hmm. We have Next. After we have a second uh, pathway, uh, a second competition which completes the pathway before going at the top of the pyramid, which is MLS. But the, 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 the post-formation, I would say, our reserve league uh, all play, uh, all our club play in a, in a division called MLS Next Pro. That's specifically... Yeah. Uh, the stage between the academy and our pro uh, team. So you should be, uh, I would say, inspired by MLS Next, MLS Next Pro, and after going to MLS. It's a, that's a logical path. You can always play in the other club, and our club are scouting, now identifying, recruiting all over uh, the US and Canada. But don't forget, it's a big country. It's a big country yeah. where uh, New York, uh, uh, LA, it's like uh, Istanbul, uh, Paris. So yeah. recruiting, finding a good club, finding the right uh, uh, environment is pretty challenging. So uh, for kids in the US it's, or Canada, the best chance is to find an MLS club. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you will have to go maybe through sometimes some kids go to, to, to Europe after uh, uh, 18 years old. Sometimes can go to Europe at 16 years old. Uh, a 16 year old because they have a, a double citizenship uh, mm -hmm. with a, a European passport. But I would say it's, 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 a, it's more difficult in, in, in North America than in, in Europe, for example. Then, if you are a, a, a kid from, uh, uh, I would say, abroad, same yeah. thing. FIFA rules are constraining uh, uh, um, MLS clubs uh, as everyone. So you cannot move except if you have an American passport before 18 years old. I would mm -hmm. say 18 years old. If you play in the best competition in the world, it's, you, you could say, why I'm going to go in North America or in MLS because we have everything we need in, uh, in, in Europe, maybe not in Africa, maybe not in South America, but more and more, we, 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 we manage to sign young talent between 18 and we have a specific rule which is called the 20, U22 rule where we can bring a player in our club, in MLS club, and to to compete against the European club uh, when the kids are 18, 19, 20, and to bring them and after, for sure, to, to, to add talent because they are very talented and more talented sometimes than our players. That's a bet we, 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 we are making. But also, we've also for MLS club to have the diversity before we were bringing only big names uh, at the end of their career. We have completely <laughs> changed our strategy and now we have a, a more diverse way to bring players we have the we still are bringing a, a great players but we also have a, the u22 i just explained for young uh, uh, young players who are going to buy abroad with uh, an expectation potentially to resell them in europe and we also have now uh, uh, the homegrown i would say way which is start to 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 to, to give a very interesting uh, fruit uh, and uh, uh, why not for a, a European player which is not under contract or want to come first in, in North America to come in, in, in having in mind to participate to a great competition, but also a competition which can be a springboard to go abroad 
uh, if, if, if they can. So that's a kind of uh, uh, way to, for now, to, to play in, 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 um, in, um, in the US. I don't forget that a lot of kids here come not only to play in MLS, but to play uh, for college because the, the, the college are, have a, a system which allow a, a player to, to play at a decent level, but also mm -hmm. to, to, to come to, to get a, a great degree and to be in a great institution like uh, Duke, uh, Stanford, uh, a lot of great programs which not only are focused on soccer, on football, yeah. but are focused on the, on the academic aspect. Yeah. So th well, thank you for clarifying that. Um, in fact, I, mean, I guess I was going to ask you, what are the biggest success stories of maybe young players that came through the academy system? I think of, for example, Brandon uh, Heronson, uh, maybe when I played for Leeds United. Uh, I mean, uh, McKinney might be another example. Uh, we played also with Leeds United. I mean, Leeds United. So what do you think are maybe the biggest success stories? So the best success stories are exactly what you just uh, you just mentioned. Uh, uh, Brandon Aronson is a, was a player playing in New Jersey, close to Philadelphia. He joined the academy. He was 13 years old. He played with the academy, and sometimes he wasn't a, he wasn't a starter. He was a late developer, very active kid, very mm -hmm. energetic, very very committed, uh, 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 very driven kid. And, and and his father, by the way, runs a club which is in a, in our platform next. It's called Real. Uh, Real New Jersey, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, with uh, the two brothers uh, uh, joined uh, uh, Philly, and he started to play very young uh, in the second team. Uh, at that time, it was USL team, uh, and then he, he, he jumped quickly in the first team, and he played maybe two seasons before going uh, to uh, Red Bull Salzburg. Uh, if I am right, after maybe Red Bull's Leipzig, I'm not sure. And then mm -hmm. now, uh, uh, so he, he, he followed a very interesting step, uh, uh, and uh, Red Bulls identify him in, in MLS. So it's it's it, yeah. it's pretty much a good success story to to show how we we try to to pa to pave the, the 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 pathway for young players in the US. So Brandon Tyler Adams exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, he was. Uh, Playing for um, the captain of the national team, he was playing for Red Bulls, uh, New York. He went mm -hmm. to Salzburg. He went to Leipzig, and he went also after for Leeds. But uh, we have different examples. We have a lot of players which are now in Belgium, for example. Uh, mm -hmm. Sam Mines uh, was playing for uh, Colorado Rapids. Uh, so more and more, uh, Ricardo Pepi now he, he, he was recruited by a German club. He, he has been on loan in a in a in a Dutch club, but. I would say now Europe uh, and uh, uh, European club bet on American talent because they think we do a, 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 a good job in terms of developing and uh, the, the, the potential is here. A lot of German clubs are scouting and recruiting our players, by the way. Yeah. And another big story is uh, Pulicic, right? Pulisic was, I would say, left his, his, his father and his family as a, a, a Croatian, I think, Croatian mm -hmm. passport. Uh, if, yeah. if, I, if I'm right, I, I don't want to do to, to make a mistake, but I think so. He could leave the country at 16 years old. And I, I would say at that time, it was maybe 2000, between 2000, after 2017, but around uh, 2018, 19, uh, uh, our clubs weren't really ready to take care and to be 
I would say, to have the notoriety to develop players. So he, he, he was mm -hmm. a kind of first generation of, he could be in a MLS club, but maybe they decided that uh, uh, there was a, a better model. I would say today it, it could happen, but mostly the best talents now are making uh, the MLS choice when they when they decide to 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 embrace a pro career. So yeah. Pulisic was more. I decide to leave because maybe the structure for now are not ready to take care of of my talent. That's a way to express it, but it it wasn't wrong at at that time. And, and if I may, before we get into maybe on the on the technology side, uh, the fact that you know top players like uh, you know Zlatan Ibrahimovic, David Beckham, um, you know came to the US, I think that also helped the league to uh, progress as well, right? Yes, so Beckham was, was, was a big changer, uh, uh, game, cha game changer in terms of notoriety. I would say, I would say signing uh, not only Beckham, but uh, the great name we, we signed uh, uh, at that time was a kind of way to, to attract more uh, uh, ice ball around our competition and better players as well. I would say uh, Ibrahimovic came, he did very well. He came back mm -hmm. and he, he played also for uh, AC Milan. That means yeah. uh, also uh, that means that our competition is able. Uh, there is not only one way. There is two ways: mm -hmm. a, a, a street and a capacity to to to, to bounce back. It's not the only one. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it's what I say, I said to you. We now now more diverse, more diverse way to attract the talent, to keep the talent, and potentially also to sell the talent sometimes. Yeah, I think you're 100 percent right. Um, so uh, next question is more about the technology, right? So what in, is in your opinion, right? Uh, what's the importance of technologies to help improve the performance and safety of players? Okay. So Julien, I assume you live in the US. Yes, I live in New York. So yep. if you live in the US and if you lived in Europe, you are well aware that technology is more, is, is, is a, is a no-brainer here. Everything goes with technology in the, in a business, and everything goes. Uh, technology is everywhere in the sport. So one of our core value in in MLS is innovation. So you can imagine in our business, in everything we do, with our rules, with our technology to try to capture more uh, um, viewers on TV, uh, to to take care of the players. To it's always linked with technology. There is no decision here which is made without data without feedback from the science or technology so uh, mls is big on it player development is a is a is, is big on it now i would say between you and me the level of expertise is and the, the the way we use technology is not exactly the same and my role is to try uh, to, to strike the right balance between technology and know-how and uh, soft skills and to me developing a player is very simple have to have good player potential i would say good player good raw material i would say player with potential you have to have the right teacher you have to have balls and you have to have fields so it's pretty simple the equation is pretty simple but it's it's not so easy everywhere to have for example the, the right uh, player to work with uh, because genetically because culturally it but here there is there is something great and the technology is here as well. And in the US, you can go everywhere. The technology sometimes, in my opinion, is too much 
driven technology. So my role is to use technology in not forgetting to enhance the level of expertise as a teacher, as a pedagogue, and to use the technology always with the spectrum the, under the prism of how I can use technology in a meaningful way and not to upside down the pyramid in putting the technology first. Because I think if you put the technology first, it's a way only to make, I would say, to neglect the level of the teacher and not to, to really to try to be distracted by what is important. The important is the expertise of the coach, of the developer. And then the technology adds 10, 20% on the top of it to make it really efficient. Because today the kids are, I would say, uh, uh, learning through video, through, uh, they are visual, they want to experience it, they want to see it. Uh, we are in from, I am from a generation where you were telling, uh, telling me what I, I, I needed to do. I was in, yeah, I'm going to do it. Now you have to explain the Y, the, the, the Z generation. I don't know where, it's what, Y or Z generation now? Z generation, they want yeah. to, to see it. They want to experience it because they play on the screen, on their laptop every day, and they want to understand it. So now everything you do on the feed, you have to show them and why why you do it. So everything visual, everything to, to link the pedagogy, the methodology with the visual and the, I would say, yeah. the visual aspect of the game is going to be tremendously important. That's the, the pedagogical world. After you have the performance world. Performance world, you have everything about uh, evaluating the workload to take care of the kids, to avoid, to, to, to overload them, to, to, to check uh, uh, everything. If everything is, 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 uh, is fine, we do the, the concussion test every single year before do, uh, uh, doing, uh, signing your license. You have to go through tests here uh, to test if the kids is, is able to play every single year, that's important. It doesn't exist in Europe. I don't think so. So, and we try always to have the right protocol to take care of our player uh, uh, on field. It doesn't mean it's perfect, but technology in terms of performance and pedagogy uh, is uh, very present in the US. Yeah. And, and what, yeah. Uh, so I, I work primarily with athlete trainers, director of performance rehab in the MLS. So I see exactly what you're saying. I mean, it's um, uh, technology is important, but at the same time, it needs to fit into maybe the the workload right of the players. And you don't want you just want to enhance the players. But uh, in a, if I can give you an advantage, maybe a few percentage advantage, it's great. Uh, I was talking to Eddie Jones, who is the former head coach for England rugby, right? And I talked to him, and he said in, on an interview, he said, "Look, if I can get one or two percent advantage." Because of technology, that's good enough for me. That's really what I need, right? Um, so that, I, I would say, technology. I would say yes, if you have the essential. Sometimes, where I I would contradict what you're saying is using the technology not to to have this one or two percent of advantage you can gain, but to to think it's going to be enough to to neglect the real knowledge which are required to develop or to to lead a group. I think it's, it's sometimes it could be an alibi and I don't want the technology to be an alibi. It has to be, it, ha, it has to support a vision, an expertise 
to be really efficient. Otherwise, you are going to buy the last technology uh, in the market and you are going to think you are efficient, but it's all, it's it's not really efficient. And that's the danger. We are in a, in a country where technology is everywhere. We are over, I would say, Every every day I have a call about a, a, a company selling me a technology or the next uh, game changer technology. Mm -hmm. I am. We have to evaluate it. You have to benchmark. You have to compare the technology, and after you have to use in the project in the way it fits your project. Otherwise, yeah. it's a bit pilings. You can say piling uh, 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 a different layer of technology without meaning, and it, it, it's, it's not really efficient. People people are yeah. lost after in the, with the technology. Yeah, uh, that makes sense, um, and I think there's many examples of that. Um, so, as far as your favorite technology that you have come across, what would you say are your just top technologies out there that you've seen? Uh. I saw a lot uh, technology recently, and I'm, I think what we what we can see right now with the capturing capturing um, the, uh, the camera stuff, uh, cap capture, cap capturing uh, uh, the moves, capturing the, the the speed of the player visually through optic and not through GPS, something uh, very interesting, especially because uh, it allows uh, the coach to to give feedback not only about the athletic aspect, but uh, I would say way, the way of playing collectively, but more importantly, individually. Each kid has to have a project and a video and the data, uh, physical data are a way for the player to take ownership and to also have not only subjective uh, uh, feedback. So the video to me is very important. Uh, the data are very important uh, to try to Yes, to complete what the coach is going to say. Uh, I don't want to tell you more because it's also something uh, which is very confidential. I, we we work we work every day uh, with MLS to try to find for the future the best way to 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 use the technology. So I would say, in my world, in a pedagogical world on the field. Uh, I am very, I am very, very keen to see how the how the coach and developer can use again the videos, the data on the field very quickly, the screen to show to the kids, for example, the screen close to the field to always doing back and forth uh, with the visual aspect and to show the kids uh, to sh to show him what he does well or not. Uh, then I would say in terms of uh, Rehabilitation in terms of balance, proprioception, stuff like that. I think it's it's very what we call the invisible work. There are a lot of things in the U.S. which are in a in a good way. How to to evaluate the lack the lack of I would say lack of balance and stuff like that to be able to to correct it to to to, to work on the on a strong point, but also on on some weaknesses that the kids could have and to 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 avoid him to be injured and injured. So I think in the US, the culture uh, of sport is very at the top of, uh, uh, is, is very, um, is very in advance. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, I would say technology 
yeah, artificial intelligence is also uh, an, an exciting uh, an exciting technology which I think is going to be uh, used uh, here in the US in, in very quickly. Uh, maybe one last question, if I may. I mean, the the walk up, right? The next walk up is coming up in uh, in the US in 2026. So, how excited are you guys about you know hosting the walk up? I mean, that's going to be a pretty big deal for you guys, right? So you 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 we all know that when you when a world cup is organized, the Amer American public is the most yeah uh, I would say uh, willing to to travel to. So you can imagine here the last world cup was. Uh, uh, New York. It was uh, it, it was really uh, uh, stunning to see all those people watching games, not only from the U.S. but from all over the world. So we think it's going to be the most successful uh, World Cup uh, ever in terms of mm -hmm. attendance, but in terms of also uh, atmosphere, because we are going to play in Canada, we are going to play in Mexico, uh, and uh, all the, our stadium are going to be. Minimum sixty thousand people. It's going to be packed, uh, and uh, for us, it's a fantastic runway because we have now three years to uh, to. It's 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 almost tomorrow, so everyone is focused on the World Cup. Uh, it gives us uh, a great uh, objective with uh, the national the the national teams uh, of, of Canada of the US, which did a pretty good job uh, over the last uh, one uh, Mexico as well. So. It gives us uh, the, the additional strength and spice to 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 keep working very hardly to improve our clubs and uh, therefore to improve the national teams of Canada and the U.S. So uh, I think we could organize a, uh, in the U.S. a World Cup every two years without any problem. So the, the country is ready and. Uh, uh, there is not, in terms of infrastructure, there is nothing to do. So because, I think in, in Texas, I don't know, but in Texas we have already maybe ten thousand, uh, ten, 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 ten stadium with more than sixty thousand uh, people which can fit in. So the the the, the country is um, both country are are made to to host the World Cup. Yeah, uh, and I'm sure it's going to be a great event, and I. I wish all the best for Team USA because I think um, there's a big opportunity to go pretty far, and why not win it, right? So um, that's the goal, let's, right? Let's. I would say it would be fantastic. Um, we have to be humble. I think it's it's, yeah. it's getting better, but a few a few country have uh, have won the World Cup, especially over the last. Uh, it's, it's it's almost the same uh, every time. Uh, the U1, which won the World World Cup, have to be prepared. I I do think the US, especially and Canada, uh, in, in some ways, Mexico certainly as well. It's a yeah. very good country in terms of soccer with a lot of uh, with centuries of uh, of uh, of experience. But I do think the US will be a, a great uh, uh, an obvious contender. 2026. Let's 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 hope. But after, I have no doubt that uh, 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 these three countries will be leaders in uh, in, in our, our uh, soccer nations. Okay. Well, look, we, we are at the end of the, the podcast. I wanted to thank you for your time today. Great conversation. Thank you, Julien. It was a pleasure to, to share with you uh, what we are doing in MLS and uh, beyond MLS. Thank Great. you. 
Thank you. Thank you for listening. To access past episodes and other research, articles, and analysis of sports technology, please visit our website, theupside.us. Subscribe to the Upside newsletter and receive full access to our sports tech business letter and website. Royalty-free music is provided by ibaudio.com. The Upside podcast provides timely insights and interviews with global leaders in sports technology. Until next time, keep looking to the Upside.